Hear the word of God as found in Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone, have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner, when my mother conceived me. You desire truth in the inward being, therefore teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart. Put a new and right spirit within me. Let us pray. Yes, Lord, create in us clean hearts. Renew a right spirit within each of us that we may know how much you love us, that we may know amazing power of your grace and that we may serve you, giving witness to your love, working for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's a wonderful scene described in the first four verses of Matthew chapter 8. Jesus has been on the mountain giving the Sermon on the Mount in chapters 5 through 7. And then when he comes down from the mountain, a leper approaches him and asked to be healed. Matthew doesn't give us any description, details about the leper's story. Maybe he had been up on the mountain and he had heard this powerful teaching of Jesus. Maybe he had been at the foot of the mountain, knew what was going on up there, knew all the crowds, knew the excitement, knew that something special was happening. Maybe the Holy Spirit had simply whispered into his ear, this Jesus is my messenger. This Jesus is from God. Whatever the reason, this leper knew he could approach Jesus and ask for healing. Remember the, the horror of leprosy, both physically and socially and religiously in that day. Leprosy is a skin disease. It deadens the nerves in your skin. You can touch something that's burning and you don't know that it's hot. And before you know it, your skin is burnt, skin burning off. But not only is leprosy so dangerous uh, as a physical disease, it's very contagious. And so one was quarantined, so to speak, set apart in a bad way from the rest of society. If someone who is not a leper approached you, you were required to say, unclean, unclean, as a warning for folks not to come any closer. You couldn't worship in the synagogue. You couldn't be a part of the normal functions of the community in every way. You were an outcast. And here's what's so amazing, it seems to me, by what the leper and what the leper says to Jesus. The leper doesn't come and beg for mercy, although others do, and Jesus responds. Instead, the leper says to Jesus, just as he's come down from the mountain, Lord, if you choose, you can make me clean. If you choose, you can make me clean. And Jesus says these beautiful words. He says, I do choose. And he reaches out his hand and he touches the untouchable leper and he heals him. He is cleansed. He is cleansed. 
sense of humility in the leper. If you choose. He doesn't presume that Jesus is going to heal him. There's also an incredible sense of faith and confidence. He knows that if Jesus does choose, Jesus has the power to heal him, to cleanse him, to make him whole. And we see the same sense of confidence, perhaps even humility, in David's cry to the Lord in Psalm 51. Let's start at verse 7. He says, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Do you see the confidence in God there? If you do this, if you purge me, Lord, I shall be cleansed. If you wash me, if you do, I will be whiter than snow. There is complete confidence that God can cleanse him. Not just forgive him of his sins, but cleanse him and make him new. This is even more astounding when we consider the context of this confession. The superscription uh, attached to this psalm, those words, have you ever notice those words in small print, in between the large print naming the psalm, Psalm 51, and in the beginning of verse 1, those words in small print, the superscription says this, a psalm of David when the prophet Nathan came to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. We are meant to read this entire psalm in the context of David's sin with Bathsheba and then after that with Uriah, her husband. The scriptures tell us that he sees Bathsheba and he sends his soldiers to take her. And he lies with her and she becomes pregnant. And he tries to cover it up. And he eventually, in covering up his initial sin, sends her husband, a faithful soldier in his army, to certain death ahead of the forces attacking the enemy, and he does die. And David thinks that he's gotten away with it, and he moves on with life until the prophet Nathan, with a word from the Lord, confronts him with his sin. And it's with, it is with these events in mind, these particular sins, that we hear David's confession, and he does confess here. Have mercy on me, O God. Blot out my transgressions. My sin is ever before me. I have sinned against you, you alone. Blot out my iniquity, he says. But he says all of this within the context of a deep faith. If you do purge me with this, O Lord, I will be cleansed. In spite of my abuse of power, with Bathsheba. My abuse of power with Uriah. In spite of all that I can do, you still can cleanse me. Yes, Lord, you can make me whiter than snow. Mary Harvey Mitnick has blessed us this morning with, with, with hyssop, uh, an ancient plant used in, in ancient societies. To bring deep cleansing to our bodies. And so it's no surprise that, that David turns to a, a physical way of cleansing to speak of the deep cleansing that God can bring 
through forgiveness. Of course, we know this psalm. We speak it often, I suspect, when we confess our sins. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. We certainly, as Alicia has referred to, use it often in the season of Lent, Ash Wednesday, throughout the season from there. And we believe this psalm. We believe that Jesus, living out Psalm 51, living out the character of God as described in Psalm 51, Jesus, through his life, death, and resurrection, really does forgive us of our sins. But I wonder, I wonder if we also just as deeply believe that Jesus purges us and cleanses us and makes us whiter than snow. It's very difficult for what we know in our minds, Jesus forgives us, to travel to our hearts and souls, to know just as equally that he makes us new, he makes us whole, he cleanses us. For many, many years I've thought of this song primarily as giving us language to confess our sins, and certainly it does. And it is good and it is right for us to use the words of this psalm as a means to confession. But really, this psalm is much more about how good God is than about how bad we are. This psalm is much more about God's ability to forgive than our propensity to sin. It's about God's cleansing power. Purge me with this up and I shall be clean. I really will. The leper believes this as Jesus approaches. If you choose, you can make me clean. David believes this. If you purge me with this up, I shall be clean. I shall be washed. Do we deeply believe? Jesus, you not only choose, we believe you choose. You can choose to forgive us. We believe you have. So we also believe that he has made us the family in Arizona with two teenage boys was very much a part of their church's ministry with another church in Haiti. And they became aware of a little girl, a five-year-old girl who had been orphaned. Her parents had been killed in a horrible car accident. And so they arranged to adopt her and to bring her to Arizona to live with them. And her first night, five-year-old girl, her first night with her adopted family uh, her first meal with the family was an amazing experience. More food on the table than, than she had ever seen in any other meal in her lifetime. And she took it all in. She, she enjoyed the food. It was wonderful. But then another amazing uh, experience happened to her. She had never sat down to an abundant meal with two American teenage boys. And so after she had eaten what she wanted to eat, the boys cleared everything. It was all gone. There was no food left at all on the table. And she began to be disturbed. She was distressed. She was agitated. What had been a joyful occasion became a time of fear for her. And her adopted mother sensed what was going on in the heart of her new daughter. And she took her new daughter by the hand and she walked her to the refrigerator. And she opened up the refrigerator. 
And she said, there will be food tomorrow and the next day. And she walked her to the cabinet, and she opened the cabinet, and she said, there will be food tomorrow and the next day. And all of the days after that, this little girl who knew nothing but scarcity, who who had lived her life to this point not knowing if she would have a full meal the next day, needed to be assured that there was more than enough sustenance for her with her new family. And David says, and the leper says, and Jesus says to us, there is more than enough grace to forgive our sin. There is more than enough in the person of Jesus Christ, his life, his death, his blood, his resurrection, to cleanse us from sin and to make us whiter than snow. Does Jesus too choose to forgive us? Yes, he does. Does he choose to make us new, to make us whole, to wash us clean? Yes, he does. The leper and David is our model for believing that. Wash me with hyssop and I shall be cleansed. I shall be made whiter than snow. But there's something even more powerful that goes on here with, with David uh, embracing Jesus, God's power to cleanse him and to make him whole. He moves from this confession, cleanse my heart, purge me, make me new, to a different, subtly different prayer. Verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. With Bathsheba and with her husband, there was blood on the hands of David. With God's cleansing power, that blood can be washed off. The consequences of his sin will live with him forever in this earthly life. And he must, from this moment on, make amends for what he's done. But in terms of his relationship with God, he has been forgiven. Bloody hands cleansed. His heart, his heart has become rotten. His, his heart was stained, his soul was stained with his sin. But, but his heart now has been cleansed. And so when he asked in verse 10, created me a clean heart, O God, it's not just for a cleansing that he can be forgiven. Created me a clean heart so that out of my heart I may love. I may serve. I may do for you, O oh God, and do for others what you call me to do. Put a new and right spirit within me so that with courage and with grace and with faith, he can serve. He can be for God and be for others, the person he was made to be. There's two movements in this psalm, and there's two movements when we confess our sins to God. There is the forgiveness that we receive, the cleansing that comes before us. But there is also the restoration, there is the newness, so that we can then go out and serve. Many of us struggle with receiving the grace of Jesus. Again, we believe with our minds that we're forgiven, but we're not sure that our hearts, our souls are completely cleansed. And there are many, many reasons why we struggle with this. Most often because we've never received from a human person or a human family, a human group, the love that God calls us to have. And it makes us harder 
to forgive ourselves because others have been unable to bless us. There are many reasons why we struggle with guilt and shame. And there are many reasons why it's hard for us to believe that our hearts have been cleansed. But one of those reasons I believe that we struggle with believing that Jesus has washed us and made us whiter than snow is because if we do truly grasp that, if we truly believe that Jesus has made us whole, we then become responsible, more responsible, aware of our responsibility to do his work in the world. If we truly believe that we've been cleansed, then we will, of necessity of calling, embrace the call to share his love with others. If we believe that we have been forgiven, we will forgive others. And if we believe that we have been made new, a, a new heart has been put within us, a new and right spirit has been put within us, then we will put aside everything that keeps us from doing God's work in the world. Creating me a clean heart then becomes a cry of urgency. Creating me this clean heart so I can do now for you and for others, Lord. What you've made me to do. Before he was a household name, Billy Graham uh, went to Toronto to lead a series of, of youth rallies. Uh, uh, services where teenagers would come and, and hear of the love of Jesus. And as he went to Toronto, he, he met a, a, a teenager, 18 years old, a Leighton Ford, who was one of the organizers of this event, of this youth rally, and he took a liking to this teenager, uh, and he worked with him closely during that time. And Billy Graham had a, a sister who was much younger, who is much younger than Billy Graham, and so he liked this young man so much that he arranged for his sister to meet him, and eventually they became married. And Lady Ford went on to to participate in uh, the Billy Graham Ministries for many, many years. And one of the things he would do would be to have uh, what they called crusades at that time in Canada, throughout Canada. And Leighton Ford would preach for a week or two, and then Billy Graham would come in for the closing weekend. And Billy Graham would be the main speaker, the main preacher. So Leighton Ford would kind of get things going, and Billy Graham would close things up. Well, one of the, they, they, they did this for years. And, and on one of these occasions, uh, Billy Graham arrived uh, earlier in the week uh, before he was scheduled to preach. And, and he came to the, to the services. And Leighton Ford was preaching. And Billy Graham comes in at the back. And he comes in without drawing attention to himself. He comes in quietly. No one knows that he's there. And the sermon, the sermon comes to an end. And the invitation is given. And a man sitting right in front, the road right in front of Billy Graham. Billy Graham can tell he's agitated. The spirit is working on him. He, he's, he's ready to go forward, but for some reason he's hesitating. And so Billy Graham leans over to him and begins to speak to him and begins to counsel him and begins to encourage him to move forward. And the man has no idea that Billy Graham is talking to him. And he says, yes, yes, I know. I want to go and give my life to Jesus now, but... But I really want to wait until Billy Graham gets here before I can. <laughs> and so we come up with so many reasons to, to put off, to put off what God is calling us.
to do now. The cry of verse, the entire passage, is to confess our sins and to embrace the cleansing that comes to us from Jesus. But, but also the cry of verse 10 is, allow Jesus to truly wash you, purge you, embrace his cleansing. So that with the new and right spirit he puts within you, you can share the love of Jesus. You can be that voice and presence of kindness and grace in the world. You can be that person of courage who speaks out against wrong. That person of courage who gives witness to another way in a world that seems to have lost its glory. You can be that person who sacrificially loves and gives so that others may live. So that others may not only experience the love of Jesus, but experience the life that Jesus wants them to live. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We know in our minds, Lord, we believe with our minds that through Jesus Christ, you not only forgive our sin, but you wash us clean. And yet so often, we struggle to believe and embrace this good news in our hearts. For we really have sinned and fall short of, fallen short of your glory, not just in what we've done, but by what we've failed to do. The things that we should have done but have not done, Lord, they weigh heavy on our hearts. We have not done all for you that we could have done. We have not done all for others that we could have done. We've been fearful instead of courageous. We've been silent instead of, instead of speaking out. We've been, act, been inactive instead of being proactive for you. And the weight of all of these things so often makes us hard to remember, to believe that you have made us new. And so with these new and right spirits, this clean heart that you've made in us through Jesus, we pray that you could help us live with courage and faith and boldness and humility and gentleness. That we may be your vessels in the world through which you share your love and further your kingdom. Give us a sense of urgency in this, O oh God, we pray. Help us not to wait, but to start now in living out of the clean hearts that you have made in us through Christ. We ask these things in Jesus' name. So we confess our sins as we sing, and we receive the grace of Jesus, the cleansing of Jesus as we sing. And as always, any who would like to come forward and share decisions or to pray are invited to do so. As we stand as we are able, all of us are called to recommit ourselves to living out of the clean hearts.
Thank you. 